Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the show. It's Ben here. Thanks for joining me. I'm delighted to be joined today by Shamila Mirva. Shamila has over 12 years experience in the human resources and coaching and mentoring sector, where she's had the opportunity to support a range of clients in achieving their vision of success. Her track record ranges from successfully delivering bespoke commercial people-focused solutions and running C-suite workshops for global organizations through to founding her own executive coaching company. Not only that, Shamila has achieved this even across two continents, which we'll learn more about soon. So, Shamila, thank you very much for joining me today. How are you? Well, thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. Whereabouts are you in the world? I'm currently in Uganda, uh, in Kampala, in Uganda. And I've been here for the last three years. And do you get amazing wildlife there? Is that the right part of the world? There is absolutely amazing wildlife here. Just two days ago, we had a little baby baboon sat on our apartment balcony. <laughs> I know, adorable. Yeah, I'm sure a baby baboon is a little bit cuter than a full-grown male, right? And a little bit less aggressive, you could say. Yeah, yes. Right. <laughs> Fabulous. All right, well, do you want to give us your background? Uh, and then we can start to look at what kind of consulting work you do. Yeah, lovely. Um, My background has always been in people, always been in HR. I started off in recruitment um, and realized that I had a real passion for understanding how businesses engage their staff, what they do to retain them, and how everyone can pull together to achieve success both individually and collectively. Um, So my background is started off in recruitment. Um, From there in London, where I was uh, originally originally from, I started my own HR consultancy called Ginkgo People, um, who dealt with clients who were right from small corporations uh, right the way through to large businesses who need to either retain their base uh, HR support and acted as an outsourced HR department right the way through to having specialized projects they needed uh, outside consultants to come in and run. Um, and I did that for eight years in, in London and then had the opportunity to come here to Uganda and then came my next challenge. Brilliant. So what does that new challenge look like? What are you doing these days? Um, so when I first arrived here in Uganda, um, we had a real challenge in our thinking in terms of supporting Ginkgo people remotely. And so I continued to support Ginkgo people remotely from the back office in terms of managing projects, managing client relationships. Um, but then since coming out here, I've also started my own HR and coaching consultancy. And I work with businesses, typically there is no one location at the moment. Um, I work with businesses all over the world to help support them on developing their HR strategy and building high performance teams that can support them on an international playing field. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. What kind of clients are they and whereabouts are they based? Are they in Uganda? Um, no. So what I, what I did when I first came out here to Uganda is I, I had an opportunity to really stop and reflect on what did I enjoy doing? What did I love and who did I love to work with? Yeah. And one of the spaces that has always intrigued me is the disruptive technology space. I just think there's so much exciting stuff happening there. And I love being at the, being at the forefront of change. Um, and so what I've, what I started to focus on whilst we were out here is 
um, incubators specifically uh, set up to support disruptive tech startups that were uh, that needed help in order to get themselves off the ground, to build the right team, to get funding, and to to basically make their vision come true as it were um, and so I've started what I started to do is approaching first of all incubators here in Uganda um, and talking to them about my experiences and the experiences that we had of building high performance teams and how I could support them via a well thought out people plan um, and from there I realized that I was really limiting myself with my in the room mentality which is this mm. idea that in order for strategy to be put into place you need to be in the same room as your clients um, and that's simply not true and I think more and more people with this COVID pandemic one of the obviously it's awful but one of the pluses that has come out of it I think yeah. is more and more people are thinking creatively about what does my work look like what is the outcome that I'm trying to achieve and do I where do I need to be in order to achieve that outcome um, modern technology is amazing the majority of my clients I deal with over zoom um, you know I, if I my laptop is my office basically the majority <laughs> of my clients I deal with over zoom um, I speak to them one-to-one -one regularly at least weekly if not if not fortnightly and um, I've currently got clients in the US I've got, really got clients in Kenya in Uganda in the UK so if if you're talking about HR from an operational perspective, there is always a need to have somebody on the ground who understands the law and the compliance and the employment law issues that may affect a business. Absolutely. But when we talk about HR strategy, when we talk about what a business needs to think about when they're based in somewhere like Kampala, but are trying to compete on an international playing field, they don't need local thinking from in the strategic sense. They need yeah. something that's going to expand the horizons a little bit. And that's what I like think that I have my clients. That is a fascinating insight because yeah we businesses tend to think locally they look at the competitive yeah. down the road in the same city and so on but yeah as you say mm -hmm. we're an international economy these days and especially with the pandemic everyone's online and, and trying to do that even more so so that's a, a really yeah as I say powerful insight um, mm -hmm. and on, on the actual delivery side of things I'm curious when you coach or do HR work with clients sometimes you're requiring group meetings is that right it's mm -hmm. not just always one-to-one -one stuff how do you manage team-based meetings um, this is I mean modern technology is amazing it is about having the right platforms and it is about making sure that everybody else has had the right technology needed and uploaded onto their phones or to their laptops they have a good internet connection absolutely but I, and, and I have no dog in this race, but personally, I found Microsoft Teams, Zoom, excellent platforms to be able to host people. Um, so a lot of uh, my clients actually use, like to use Google Meets or Google Hangouts, I think it's called. That's also a really popular one. It's not, I want to be clear here, I'm not endorsing any particular technology. And I'm not saying this is the platform to use. But what I am saying is when a business recognizes, any organization recognizes that we need to keep people connected, we need to keep people talking. We need to keep people in, up to date with what the other person is doing, but also feeling themselves that they're connected to a bigger thing outside of themselves. Using technology is key. It doesn't matter what technology you use, but ensuring that every team member has the right technology uploaded on their phone, is able to access the internet, has the right internet speed. I don't know the technical terms for it, but yeah, yeah. Has, has the right access. And, and when they don't have the right access, treats it as a priority that's when you can see that no matter what platform you use, it will be a success. And it's not 
just about sticking with one platform. It's not just saying, okay, well, I, we work on Microsoft Teams and everything has to go through there. Use WhatsApp to have the softer conversations. You know, jump onto a Zoom call or onto a Skype meeting. Make sure that whatever platforms you're using, everybody in the team is comfortable with. So I'll often talk to clients and I'll say, what are you doing at the moment? What, how are you keeping in touch with each other? How are you monitoring what each other is doing? How are you ensuring that if someone needs help, they can reach out to you? Whatever platforms you're using, those are the ones I need to jump onto because it's not my job to introduce something new from a technological space right now. My job is to support you in trying to do what you try to achieve whatever you're trying to achieve in the most familiar way to you and your employees. That is amazing. So people listening to this are definitely going, well, I love the sound of having an international client base or clients in another country, but that is easier said than done. How do you actually go about finding a new client in another country? You can't just suddenly send an email to someone in another continent and say, hey, we should work together when they've never heard of you. So how do you go about doing that? Uh, that's a really good question, Ben, actually. And the, the thing I would say, what I found in my experience is consistency is absolutely key. For me, LinkedIn is a platform that I use all of the time. I use it as a way of getting out there when I've done positive work. I get it. I, I use it as a platform of talking about when I'm working on a certain project that I'm really excited about, if something's happening in the news that I'd like to share my thoughts on. I use it as a way of connecting, not just with people who are in my network, but also bringing people who aren't in my network, just aware of who I am and what I'm doing. The best way that I've found to get clients or get to people to know of you full stop is first of all, don't be afraid to reach out and reach out with content that is valuable to somebody. So don't just create content that, you, that is there going, hi, I'd really like your business. Please call me straight after this. <laughs> share, share something of value. Give something away. Share something of value. Share something that you think if you see a, you know, a number of clients coming to you with a particular challenge, write something about it. Share some thoughts. Share some steps that people can actually to make their, their, their situations a little bit better and let people know that they're not alone in whatever challenge they're experiencing. So for me, LinkedIn was a really, really big tool. And then the, the second thing was like, I kind of took a pause and said, who's speaking to the kind of people that I want to speak to? Yeah. Who's speaking to the people that I want to speak to? In my case, when I look at disruptive technology companies, there's VCs who are speaking to the kind of people that I want to speak to, but there's a lot of people trying to get into person with VCs um, or, or, or funders in general. And then there's, there's going to be inky startup incubators, spaces where lots of startups are based, where they, they have the support, they have the community. And basically, so working around there. So what I did is, is I started looking around Uganda and saying, what startup incubators do we have here? And how can I connect with them? So this is around, I mean, the COVID crisis has really, in some ways, I think, really helped push this idea of not having to be in the room. So once again, Zoom calls and, and, and being having video calls full stop. I'm fine that people are coming to it with a completely different mindset. And it's, it's almost as good as being in the room when you don't have internet problems. Um, but people are making that connection and are prepared to be open to do things online because COVID has restricted movement anyway. Um, but yeah, so who's speaking to the type of people that you want to speak to and how can you be consistent in your communication with them? So I started, when I started speaking to incubate, startup incubators, one of the things that I offered to do um, for a number of them is they have an internal newsletter. And I said, well, if there's things that are happening in the HR space, would you mind if I put in little something to your newsletter to just share these updates with your community? Um, and and most, most incubators were very open to me doing that. But immediately what it did is it, there was my name at the bottom of it. People started to know who I was. They, they were familiar. And so I, I found people, traction was coming to my website anyway because, because of that information there. People go, who is this person? So 
it's not about doing something today and expecting results tomorrow. It's about taking the time to consistently communicate. And I would say it took about 12 months for me to take, have this approach before I really started to see results from it. Um, I mean, there's, there's always small clients that come through, but before I really started to see, gain traction in the type of clients that I wanted to work with. Yeah, really interesting. And then I completely endorse the approach of someone might use the word leveraging, leveraging an, an audience or a third party's audience and sort of partnering with them. We, that's something we work on quite a lot in the boot camp that we run. But um, on the LinkedIn thing, do you see any change with, with everyone moving online that it's more crowded and um, you know, a lot of people connecting and saying, here's an interesting article I wrote. You know, I don't really need to read that. How do you get around that issue? Do you know, I mean, I, it's not for me. I'm not one of those people generally. I, I find that really, even you saying that right now actually made my toes curl a little bit <laughs> because I totally you know. It's not, at the same time, I try, look, I'm, I'm going to be really straight with you, Ben. I try not to be negative about everything. I think everyone's got their own path and they're trying to get business in the way that they can. Yeah, there is a lot of individuals kind of connecting and straight away, I think jumping into what I call like a sales approach straight away is like, hi, this is what I do. Are you interested? And if you are, please contact me. Mm. And, and, you know, more power to them. Maybe it works sometimes. But for me, what I found is, is what works best is putting content out there that people are going to find useful. Give, a, give something away. Don't, and, and this isn't me talking about, you know, give your whole business away. But there's in every profession, I think, when you talk oh, about yeah. business, there's things that you know that seem very obvious to you, but you don't know what you don't know. So how can you highlight what people don't know to them? And it's, and, and it's, for me, I look at, like, I normally think about what's happened in the last three months with the type of conversations I'm having with my clients, with the, with the individuals I'm coaching. What sort of challenges are they talking about? So at the moment, there's a lot of stuff around home working and how do we ensure that the employee's voice isn't lost in whatever home working or remote working policy is put out there? How do we still keep, keep people connected in this way? So I'm writing a lot of content around that. Now, there is there are some... I don't really look at what everyone else is doing. I don't really care about what everyone else is putting out there. There's some people who go really keep an eye on your competition. For me, I'm very clear about what I want to say. I'm very clear about my values and how I approach the work that I do. And outside of that, if my competitors are doing the same thing, great. I think there's space for everybody at this table. But I, I, I think the consistency part is key. And, you know, don't, don't, don't negatively respond to the people who you don't think are working the way that you like because they're on their own journey. They'll figure it out. I think. I don't know if that sounds too, <laughs> what's the word, um, softly, softly, but that's my approach. <laughs> no, no, and it's, I like that. Consistency is key, but know thyself. So really mm. know those, know, know your own strengths, what, what your purpose is. And you don't need to copy other people because they might actually be getting it wrong. Um, exactly. But equally, look, I've done sales and marketing for years, so I've tested lots of different methods, including you know direct sales things, and I test stuff and I record stuff in spreadsheets. So it may just be a simple campaign, who knows? But um, mm -hmm. I think you're right, an authentic approach where you're sharing ideas and support. I also think, well, I, I often think that as consultants, what happens is you'll you'll have like a strategy or a way of doing things in mind, and you and you and you go right. This is what I'm focused on, and then when you start looking at what everyone else is doing. It makes you start doubting yourself because you're not getting results as quickly as you thought you were going to. And, and going in right from the outset, going, okay, well, give yourself a time frame that you think is realistic. So I'm going to stick with this, whatever this is, for the next six to 12 months. If that's the agreement that you've made, don't suddenly switch because, you know, Mr. Smith, or John Smith on this side is doing something else. Focus on what you're doing and give it time to work. Often when we change things, and I think you, you know this as well, when you change things too quickly in a, in a sales and marketing space and you try one thing and then try another thing and then try another thing, 
it's not the fact that, that whatever path you were on wasn't going to get you results. It's the fact that you abandoned it too quickly and that you weren't prepared to be consistent. Consistency is absolutely key. Yeah, absolutely. There's a book, I think it's In Search of Excellence. I've forgotten. Or from good to great as well as the same series, if I recall. But anyway, there's a concept of the flywheel where it's really hard to start at the very beginning. It's just mm -hmm. really hard work. Or if you think of a snowball coming down a hill, it starts as a tiny little ball and builds up momentum and size. That's the kind of thing we talk about. It's, it's just. I love, I'm laughing on this side of the yeah. screen as you're saying that because I use the example with clients all the time. I talk about zero to one gear. Zero to one gear in the car is the hardest. Getting yeah. that car started is the hardest. Once you've got it started and it's starting to gain momentum, it would be silly at that point to apply the brakes. You've started to gain momentum. The zero to one was the hardest point. Agree to the time period. Stick with it. Absolutely. If you're, if you're seeing something go really wrong or, or you're really not getting the results, then yes, definitely go back and review your approach. But don't review your approach because you're starting to second guess what you're doing because the competitor is doing something different. Believe in yourself. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of the actual work you do, how do you structure your service? Is it project work or is it subscription services or something else? What do you do and why do you choose that approach? So there's two different types uh, of ways that I work. I do what I call is project work and then retainer work. So project work is normally when a client comes to me. So I had a client come to me in the last six months and they said, right, uh, we need to build. We've, we, there's, there's five of us in the business. Um, it's client based in the U.S., in the business we've just received some seed funding it was around i think it's like five hundred thousand usd uh dollars and they uh were looking to build a team of 10 people fairly senior level individuals this is a company that's working a disruptive tech company in the medical space uh, and they said Shimela, we, what we need is we need uh, basically our, all of our recruitment plans mapped out for us so what are the documents that we need how are we going to approach the recruitment what should the interview process look like how do we onboard people and from there we're going to bring on an in-house HR person. This is the plan. So uh, can you help us for this six-month period to get us to this point? And that's a, that's a great project because you, you, you start and you can see the exact success you're having and there's the end point where you go, okay, then we hand this baby over to someone else. And that's great. Um, and then there's retainer-based clients. And these are clients who are basically use me as ongoing strategic support. So I will sit in on board meetings. I will sit in on senior leadership meetings. We will decide what the people plan, the roadmap for that business looks like from a strategic perspective. And then there's operational individuals within the business so whether that's a HR assistant, whether that's uh, business uh, HR advisors, will go in and do the, the, the operational stuff on the ground. And so from that perspective, that's a retainer-based client that I'll be working with consistently because strategy, as you know, is there's no end point. It constantly, you're constantly reviewing, constantly changing, adapting, deciding what the next three to five years looks like. Um, and so I, I, I tend to work. The, the retainer stuff is really great because the way I, I the example that I use is it's a bit like planting a seed and you watch that seed flower and you're like I'm doing great job. I mean you've got you get the constant feedback and you know that you're doing a great job yeah. and then the, the project based clients that it's just it is it's very fast paced it's just as exciting but you don't get to see the seed flower in the same way you know you, you bring the team on board and they're, they're once they're on boarded you hand them over to somebody else and then they they, they put them into the business and so it's um yeah it's it's, it's kind of sweet but also it's like, oh, oh, what's happening with them? <laughs> it's all grown up. Um, on the retainer side, do you have sort of structured things like points or levels or is it more case by case, work it out and then how do you work it? 
it's, it's very much case by case on what the scope looks like. So at the moment, I'm working with a client who I am coaching all of their senior management team, um, as well as working with, they've got a fairly junior HR person who I'm, going, who I'm coaching to step into a more for a senior uh, position in the next, well, we've planned in the next 18 months. Um, she's also doing her CIPD alongside the, her coaching with myself. So for, for clients like that, it really, I think for every client, it depends on how much involvement I'm going to have in the business, how quickly we're looking to get things done and what the priority is. Um, there's some clients who will approach me and say, well, listen, I'm, I'm the CEO, I need a coach, and I want you to be working with me and whatever we whatever comes out of these sessions, I will then implement down into the business or into the plan. And then there's some individuals where it's, we, we, like I talk about that, developing the high performance team. So where, where are the skills gaps at the moment? Where do people need support? Where is the business at? I mean, do we need to start with a survey and, and decide from that? So there's, the, the costing is very much based on how much of my expertise is required. I tend not to focus on time. Because I think focusing on time is quite a slippery slope, personally. I tend to focus very much on outcome and expertise required. Yeah, definitely. What about any overall advice for people who are either wanting to start or grow a consultancy with a particular aspect around people who are seeking clients in another country? What's your advice for them in these challenging times? I would say... Um I don't, want to, I don't want to reiterate stuff that I've already said, but I'm going to come back to this with consistency. I would say, first of all, not everybody is your client because everybody equals nobody. Um, I would start with focusing on who do you want to speak to. And now, I'm not here to say that you should only stick with one industry, by the way. It's not about saying I'm only working in this industry. I, don't, I do believe that people are people. I think when it comes to HR, when it comes to coaching and development, uh, when it comes to you know, people roadmap. This can be applied to any industry sector. However, start with what you know best because that's the place where you will be most confident. Once you start with the industry or environment or challenges that you know best, build up case studies, testimonials, build up data around the value that you've brought to any organization that you've been working with. And not just the, it was really nice to have Shamila, but what has been the ROI of the work that Shamila has done? How has she supported this business in achieving what they set out to achieve? Once we have clarity on that and you have that information, it's easier to approach different industry sectors or different individuals and say, this is what I've done previously. Is this something you'd like me to do for you with you? Now, the tough thing about, I think for consultants is, um, or, or, for, or for anyone starting a consultancy, is it can be very easy because you're working by yourself, it can be very easy to say, well, I'm going to just stick with what I know and I'm not going to challenge myself and I'm not going to invest in my growth. I'm just going to stick with what I know because then I know I won't get it wrong. Yes, that's safe and it's a, it's a good thing to do in the, in the short term. But in the long term, invest in your own development, just in the way that you ask clients to. Invest in your developing your own expertise, your knowledge, your skill set, so that you can also grow as an individual. Because I will tell you now, the work that you're happy to do in this instance, if you're still doing it 12 to 18 months, you're going to become bored. Majority of consultants don't start working for themselves or don't start a consultancy because they want to do repetitive work. They start it because they want to be engaged and keep challenging themselves. And what, in, in terms of what that looks like when you're working in that environment, invest in your own development. So investing in your own development is key and be consistent about your approach to market. Make sure you get that data at the end of every project. What, what, was, what was the great job you did? How, why was it great? What value did it bring to the organization? Capture that somewhere. And don't be afraid to shout about the, the great work you've done. I, I, I say this as a British person. I think sometimes we can be very... Um, 
almost too modest. It's almost too much like, oh, I can't toot my own horn because that's going to make me come across as egotistical or whatever. It's okay to talk about your results. Obviously, don't be egotistical, but talking about results is a good thing. Talking about the value that you've bought is a positive thing. Don't be afraid of that. Yeah. In Australia, we have the tall poppy syndrome. I don't know if you have the same thing, but that's uh, you stand out yeah. from the crowd, you get chopped down. But yeah, other, other yeah. places, it's not as bad. But I like that you're telling people to uh, yeah, be proud of what you've achieved and, and let people know about it. No one mm. else is going to do it for you. So, Absolutely. And if you can't talk about the achievements that you've made and talk about them in a way that, is, that feels um, right for you, nobody else is going to stand there waving that flag for you. Absolutely. Well, Shamila, this has been amazing. I've learned so much and I'm sure listeners have too. If people want to learn more about you, partner with you, refer business to you, work with you, what should they do next? Um, please, please, please feel free to check out my website. It's www.shamilahsforsugarh4harryamilam.com. Um, or you can connect through to me via LinkedIn. Uh, I think it's Shamila Midban there. Connect to me via LinkedIn. I'm always looking to expand my network. And, you know, just start reading a little bit about what I'm doing. I, I Once again, not everybody is my client. But if you look at some of the stuff that I've written and it connects with you and it resonates with you, I'd love to just hear your feedback and just take it from there. Brilliant. And listeners, we'll have the links to Shamila's website and LinkedIn profile in the show notes. If you're listening to this on the go, then yeah, check out the show notes. Shamila, this has been fantastic. Thank you very much for talking today. I really enjoyed it. No problem. Thank you for having me, Ben. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.